It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. It's week one, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. John and Zach are here today. Dean uh, is joining us from, from the ether. Uh, he's uh, he recorded a little soundbite for us. He's unable to be here in person today. We miss you, Dean. But nonetheless, we're excited for week one football. We've been touting it all offseason, Zach. How, how amped are you today? Uh, on a scale from one to ten, it's about a thousand. <laughs> we are literally 24 hours away from the first quarter of meaningful football where the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to squash the Dallas Cowboys. You heard it here yeah. first, folks. Uh, no, I could not be more excited. Uh, the first Sunday of NFL football is literally better than any type of holiday yep. I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> you name a birthday, you name a Christmas. Uh, I don't have a child yet, but I imagine it will rival the day that my first child is born. Uh, Just any NFL any, week any one Sunday. Any given week one NFL Sunday yeah. where you hear Scott Hansen come on the TV <laughs> and tell me that I'm going to watch seven hours of commercial-free football yeah. is the equivalent of... Uh, Euphoria it was probably the yeah. word I'd like to use, and I think that might be an understatement. <laughs> i got to say, red, for people who don't have Red Zone, for, if you don't have it, I don't know why. Not that this is a Red Zone advertisement, but it's, it's like the forward pass. It literally changes the way you consume football. It's, Listen, it's really just a staple of it all. I have the same setup at my father's house. He has a yeah. man cave set up in a shed. <laughs> we have a 70-inch TV in the middle, which is Red Zone. Mm-hmm. The left TV is usually whatever the local game is. Sure. Giants or Jets. Obviously, I would never miss a snap of the Giants game. <laughs> And the right, we use some sort of illegal streaming device to watch whatever game legal, we have. Legal. Legal. Excuse me. Uh, whatever game we have the most money on. Yeah. Uh, and it is just, like I said, it is euphoria. I can't wait. I've already had to redeposit in several of my apps uh, to, you know, have some more spending money because I'm all over the place. And this seems to always happen week one where I by Sunday I will have so many bets on so many different apps that yeah. I'm just going to have to like reassess at 8 p.m. be like, all right, what happened? What are we doing? <laughs> let's yeah. let's hedge. Plus fantasy stuff. Fan- oh, God. Just the, the, there's so much. But like you said, it's, it's no better time. This is the time of the year, truthfully, man. It, there's hope for everybody, right? Every Everyone's team can win the Super Bowl, you know, um, if, if they start off on the right foot. So we'd like to envelop that hope here on the Winning Ticket pod- Podcast by giving you some rock-solid bets. We're going to pick, off, uh, pick up where we left off last year. Um, I'd have to check the numbers on Instagram, but we were we were close to somewhere around fifty four percent. I believe we were close to fifty five percent. Yeah, which is pretty good considering we had about four consistent contributors to our big bank, yeah. uh, along with some additional contributions. And I believe um, this year we are going to be giving picks out on the Slack channel again. Oh, sweet! So okay. please make sure if you have not already, add the winning ticket group. Excuse me, it's the winning group on our Slack channel where we're going to probably be posting mm-hmm. some of our best plays and that's for you people if you're a little lazy you don't want to listen to the podcast you kind of want to get the gist of what we like check out the Slack channel we will have plays for you and for free 99 it will cost nice. you zero dollars and zero cents yep uh, we'll also make sure we do the Instagram graphic because I know for those of you who do listen and you do like to follow the first couple weeks mm-hmm. and mock Zach, Dean, and John <laughs> and tell us what we did right or wrong um Usually the DMs don't happen when we're right. It's always when we're wrong. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's that's everywhere. Um, 
yeah, we'll continue with with posting updates on Instagram and Twitter, um, any social media site. Um, the winning percentage from last year, I just pulled it up. We were in the Big Bank again, four or five guys, one hundred eight eighty seven and two for a winning percentage of fifty five point thirty eight percent. So if you took every bet, and that's excluding dog pounds, that's excluding like non official Big Bank picks where we may just talk about stuff that like we lean towards. You're talking about a win. You you went up money. You went up money that is is now in your pocket to bet this year. So Zach, let's go into for people who might be new to the show, don't quite know what the Big Bang contest is. Let's break down what exactly we do each week, what the stakes are, and what we ultimately finish with at the end of the season. Absolutely. So there's a couple changes this year. Obviously, there's a change to the NFL schedule, right? We have an extra week, uh, and then also we decided this year. Uh, typically, the dog pound was kind of just our money line underdog flyer uh, that we'd give out at the end of our picks. We are incorporating that into the big bank this year. So it is going mm-hmm. to count towards our official standings. So what the big bank is, last year we all started off with a pot of $200. This year it is getting up to $300. Mm-hmm. Uh, For initially. inflation. Yes, absolutely. Inflation, <laughs> extra week, and the dog pound. Yeah. But more or less, what we do in the big bank here is we think of you guys, the average mm-hmm. better. Uh, our unit size to start is twenty dollars. So mm-hmm. when we talk about one unit, our unit size is twenty dollars on this podcast for big bank purposes. Obviously, in our personal ledgers, yeah. maybe more, maybe less. This accommodates every every type of better. Absolutely, you don't want to go too high. Your you don't unit go size might be fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. Right. But if you've been listening now, uh, this is season season four, I believe, right? Of the Winning Ticket Podcast. Yeah. Um, so you should know what a unit is by mm-hmm. now. But anyway, so we're starting with three hundred dollars a person. One unit is $20. Uh, You have to have a minimum of two plays for a total of three units each week. Mm -hmm. And we will start going to double unit sizes week 10 for the second half of the season. So, you know, when one of you guys uh, inevitably falls behind me and he's... (laughs) Zach looked at me on that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, And and that's the way it goes. Typically, I mean, it usually goes, goes... Usually, I would say, three plays a person. Sometimes we're feeling frisky and want to risk a little bit more. We'll do, you know... One and a half units sure, on, yeah. on a game if we're feeling real good and we kind of change it up. Uh, yep. And we keep a running total all year until we declare a Big Bang right. champ. And so far, John is the only person the one. without a Big Bang championship. Uh, yeah. And then additionally this year, you're going to continue with my little segment, Zach's Fat Lock, which yep. if you're not familiar with it, is I am the king of teas. Uh, I always <laughs> give out a teaser. You should call it that, the king of teas. <laughs> Either um, way. Where I give out my best and six-point teaser, um, which, once again, if you haven't been listening to the show and you're new to gambling, you should go Google what a teaser is because, in my opinion, it's one of the best ways to kind of beat the odds and and get lines uh, a little bit better than uh, what you might normally get. Essentially, you're buying points for multiple teams. Absolutely. Um, to, to cover the spread. And by parlaying those multiple teams and adding those points, you actually get a, a actually pretty unique bet. You're not going to get it any other kind of way, right? Well, absolutely, just because you're getting yeah. six points of flexibility. Sure. Um, whereas if you do a parlay, it's kind of you're assuming the odds of what they are. They sure. combine together, create even better odds. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, the best part about the six-point teaser is that typically it is plus odds. Yeah. Which is very nice. Mm-hmm. And also... Last year, Zach was a playoff team with his fat lock. Love it, man. Going 10-6. and six, Congrats. Uh, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Obviously, my main rule of thumb when it comes to teasers uh, for really any point total is just never tease above or below zero. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So with that being said, I'm going to get right into it before we get into the Big Bank. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you week one of the 2021-2022 NFL season. We're talking about Zach's fat lock. Dude, put your fat lock on the table and show us just how fat it is. I know what you're thinking. It's time to see my fat lock. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. Here we go. Isolate that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, so here we go, gents. My first fat lock of the year. 6.3 leg teaser, baby. Let's get after it. Here we go. My first one. I am going with the over in the Cardinals Tennessee Titans game. It is 52.5. I am teasing that down to 46.5. Uh, you will hear a little bit more about this later from Dean and John, I believe. Uh, 52 and a half, my opinion. Yes, the Titans defense is awful. Yes, the Cardinals defense is awful. Once again, that is apparently disputed that they <laughs> finished uh, top 10 DVOA last year. Don't know where that happened. But I truly believe this is just the case of the Titans are going to let up a lot of points because their defense is crap. But their offense did improve with the addition of Julio Jones. And quite frankly, they have, in my opinion the best running back in the NFL in Derrick Henry. I think this will be a shootout. Some cobwebs coming off, right, for both sides. Uh, I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. And even so, at 46.5, how can I resist? It's my favorite over on the board. I also have 52.5 over in my personal ledger as well. So for that reason, I am taking the over at 46.5 in this this little uh, fat lock of mine. Second one. Will also be a part of my big bank. I'll get more to that later. I'm teasing the San Francisco 49ers down from 7.5 to 1.5. So it's going to be San Francisco uh, giving 1.5 to Detroit at Detroit. Ladies and gents. Essentially a pick em. Fade the new. Mm-hmm. New head coach. New yep. quarterback. Yeah. No name wide receivers. I'll talk more about that later. Yeah. To me, San Fran really hasn't missed a step. Garoppolo has a lot to prove this <clears> year. Uh, disappointing year last year with the, all the injuries. I don't see in this case how San Fran doesn't come out swinging. I think this is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I'm sorry, Dan Campbell, but your week one at home <laughs> is going to get blown up by the San Francisco 49ers. Going to have to wait a couple weeks to eat some kneecaps. Absolutely. I think you said you have more on this because I do want to speak I, I, to it. Yes. All right, we'll talk about it I have more on this later. during the big bank. And my last one, begrudgingly, <laughs> I have the Giants plus eight and a half against the Broncos. And it's funny because I feel like the Broncos fans – feel like this game is going to be a cakewalk, and the Giants fans are looking at this as a winnable game. The problem with the Giants and the Broncos is they're very similar teams. They both have stout defenses with terrible offenses. I was very tempted to throw the under in this game. I believe it's 41.5. I was thinking about teasing it up to uh, 47.5, but ultimately I just feel like the Giants getting over a touchdown I truly believe they should be able to keep it close with that defense. Uh, if the Giants do lose this game by 10 points or more, is because Daniel Jones made a fool of himself, threw a bunch of picks and fumbles, and the Giants' offense just couldn't get moving. Uh, I think this is going to be a very slow, slow-moving game, slow-scoring game. I can see this one as like a 21-24, maybe a 20-17 game. Mm-hmm. 10-17 wouldn't even surprise me. Regardless, yep. I do not think the Giants should have a problem covering eight and a half. Um, the Giants side of the side of things, you're going to probably be without Evan Ingram. Boo-hoo. He probably would have dropped a couple <laughs> key passes anyway. The defense is healthy. Saquon's coming back. Broncos, you got Teddy Bridgewater, who couldn't even win the starting job on the Saints. Uh, just not impressive to me. 
Uh, running back's a huge question. They have Melvin Gordon, or the ghost of Melvin Gordon, I should say, because he's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, impressive rookie, Javante Williams, look out for him. Um, good receivers, but once again, I don't see Teddy Bridgewater kind of burning the Giants, right? I mm-hmm. think the Giants' corners are going to be able to take care of business. Um, my biggest concern with the Broncos offensively uh, to the Giants' defense is the Giants, for whatever reason, no matter how good their defense is, can't cover tight ends, and Noah Fant <laughs> is a good tight end. Mm-hmm. So maybe look at his overs for the game. Yeah, uh, with be that being good. said, Giants getting a little bit more than a touchdown. The 8.5 protects me from that two-point conversion. Uh, I like my chances. So just to reiterate, that is Giants versus Broncos. I'm taking the Giants plus 8.5, San Fran minus 1.5, and, and the Cardinals-Titans over at 46.5. And, and that, my friends, is for plus money at plus 140. So let's get that money, boys. Let's do it. That is a fat lock, Zach. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm very I'm sure happy gonna be to a winner. show you my fat lock every week here. <laughs> I have some more on Giants-Broncos later as well. Let's go right into our big bank competition. Dean, why don't you take it away? Here comes the money. Here comes the money indeed. That's right. This is Dean uh, recording a little bit remote with my big bank plays. You may notice that my voice does not have that same sultry, beautiful uh, tone that it normally has. A um, little bit of a lost voice situation, uh, fresh off my Labor Day bender. So, you know, I've been at the I've been at the bars, you know, wheeling and dealing, and uh, apparently screaming over music. So that's why my voice is a little bit off tonight. So, um, guys, I'm going to give you my plays. I know John and Zach have been taking you through it, and ladies and gentlemen, football is back. We couldn't be any more excited, um, so let's get you some winners here. Your Big Bank Champion, that's right, that's me in case you are a first-time listener. I won last year, Zach won the year for the first year, and um, yeah, so now you have to listen to me as the champion going to retain that title. I'm going to start off with a same-game parlay on DraftKings. Now, this is a new feature that they had um, just developed this year. Um, the one thing that I, that I will say is that the app is a little bit clunky when you go into this quote-unquote same-game parlay mode. They don't actually display any of the odds. So you're going to have to listen carefully and make sure that once you get it in your bet slip, uh, the odds are what I'm saying. So without further ado, that is the Vikings money line parlayed with the Vikings team total over 23.5. So a couple reasons why I really like this one here. For starters, let's get the Vikings win out of the way. Uh, Vikings as a home favorite since Kirk Cousins became the quarterback in 2018, the Vikings are 7-2-1 straight up. I, I think the sports books, it, it, you know, it must feel a little bit weird making, um, you know, a, a relative public darling in the Bengals. I know Joe Burrow is getting the national spotlight, um, you know, as being a high-profile quarterback. The Cincinnati Bengals, I'm sorry, guys, are just not very good. So, yes, it's Joe Burrow, but the, I think the sports books really want the Vikings at minus three. Um, I know that right now the spread-wise – um, they are shading in that direction anyway. Uh, Vikings three and a half at plus 100 is being listed on a lot of the sports books. Um, don't be fooled by those. You know, if if they're if they're showing you right on the homepage that there's a play that's plus 100, that means that they're hiding the real line. Of course, the real lines are all minus 110. So um, do a little bit of digging. Get get yourself a little bit sharp. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lower myself to explain this all over again. This is episode you know 130 something of the Winning Ticket podcast. So I'm just gonna go into it. So Vikings money line, like I had said, great track record as as a way favorite. Um, I think that they're going to romp them here. Bengals have the 27th ranked passing defense last season in DVOA. The Vikings averaged 26.6 points per game last season with the 11th ranked passing DVOA offense. 
Um, and, of course, the best running back in football in Dalvin Cook. I think that this is going to be a real scoring fest for the Vikings. They could do whatever they want. Um, another reason why I like that team total over it and not the full game total is because I think the Vikings' defense is vastly improved, and the Bengals, their calling card is they don't really have a good offensive line. And then on the Vikings' side, they are a run-first team, typically. However, that does not match up with their time of possession stats, where they were 20th in the NFL last year in average time of possession. So um, I think that's just a, a credit to Dalvin Cook and how good he is. When they give him the ball, he has the chance to score at any given touch, really. So Vikings, you know, although being a run-first team, you know, that's something to keep in mind when you take a team total. But I think the Vikings are going to put up points and yards in chunks. And here's the real kicker right here. Bengals' defense are without Trey Waynes, who used to be on the Vikings. So the starting quarterbacks are going to be uh, Chidobia Woozy and Eli Apple. Uh, Eli Apple, I'm sure John and Zach, when they're hearing this, they are cackling right now. But Awuzi was on the Cowboys. He has he had a 52 Pro Football Focus grade and 125, excuse me, 124.5 passer rating when targeted last year. That is absolutely horrible. Eli Apple had a, has a coverage grade below 60 in Pro Football Focus. Three out of the, three out of the last four seasons in the NFL. Um, these are not the type of guys that you want covering Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson, who are in my opinion, two top ten wide receivers. Or maybe Thielen, we could have a conversation there. Uh, maybe that's my bias coming through. No problem. But, yeah, basically I think that this is just a horrible matchup for the Bengals. Um, it doesn't really matter much that they're home. Uh, Cincinnati doesn't really have a great home field. Uh, the weather's going to be clear. I think the Vikings could uh, beat them in many different ways, and I think they're going to score a lot of points. Um, so that is the Vikings' money line. Parlayed with the team total over 23.5 for 1.5 units at minus 105. Getting into my next play, that this will be for 1 unit at plus 100. Dead even, no veg even, so this is a, a slight underdog. I'm um, going Washington football team money line. Tovering around Pickham, I wouldn't be surprised if this ends minus you know 1.5 or 2 for Washington. Um, I just think that this is a good combination of two tropes that we like to do in week one. That is fade the new. We got new head coach, new offensive coordinator, which I went into a little bit on the AFC conference preview for uh, the LA Chargers, and also a West Coast team playing on the East Coast at 1 p.m. Um, we've always seen, uh, I don't have the numbers handy, but that's a, a common betting trope. That That's something that you want to look to fade. I think that this is a, just a great money spot here, um, specifically when it comes to the offense of the Chargers. Yes, Justin Herbert was, you know, the public perception on Herbert, I, I want his PR guy, because everyone is like, oh yeah, Herbert's great, the Chargers are Super Bowl contenders. I've, hear, I've heard people go even that far, um, but actually last year they were only 19th in, uh, excuse me, 21st in overall offensive DVOA. Um, yes, they're getting Eckler back, and I know last year they didn't have him for a lot of it, but, uh, you know, this team is not really... That explosive. Yes, they, they choked away a couple games with Anthony Lynn last year, but I'm not necessarily sold that. Um, I'm not sold on the Chargers. I'm not sold that Eckler is a top 15 running back. I'm not sold that Keenan Allen's a top 20 wide receiver. So I think that they have some struggles coming in. And then, of course, as I mentioned on that AFC conference preview, uh, their offensive coordinator has not called plays since 2015, where he was fired. Um, only after seven games. I think that we get a young quarterback in his second system in as many years, playing against one of the best defenses in football at home, wet, west to east, new head coach. This is just, it's too many factors just all lining up here. Um, yeah, so I got, I got Washington winning this one easily. And then my final play in the big bank is for a half a unit at minus 110, Kansas City minus six. 
Now, this is one that um, I'm going straight off the model. This is one that I didn't have circled when I read through the, the ledger of games. This is one that the model just says is the biggest discrepancy. I would make the game minus 13, and it's really no knock on the Browns. It's just one of those things where, as someone who is maintaining a model, you can't upgrade, you can't overreact, and you can't upgrade a team way too much. Yes, the, the Browns played them really tough in Kansas City last year, but that was with a backup quarterback, so I'm not re for portions of the game. So I'm not really um, that impressed. Yes, I think the Browns are going to be fine this year, but starting off in Arrowhead is going to be a, almost an impossible spot. Um, once again, I have to trust my numbers here. I think this game is just going to be, you know, the Browns are going to throw everything they can at them to uh, keep, you know, Mahomes off the field and keep that Chiefs offense out of the end zone. But I think what, what it's really going to come down to is that, you know, in order to beat the Chiefs, you got to be scoring in the 30s uh, at least, or something horrible has to happen, as in a Mahomes injury or something to that effect. I just don't think that Cleveland has the horses right now to keep up with this offense. Maybe if this was like week eight, um, and the Browns were in midseason form and had some wins under their belt and were, you know, riding momentum. Maybe I could see it, but I just think, you know, week one, everyone's healthy, everyone's there. Uh, I just don't see the Chiefs um, even being in a close game. Do I think it will be a blowout? Probably not, but I could see like a ten-point game where everyone leaves the broadcast going. That game was much co closer than the scoreboard indicates. So I got Kansas City for my final half unit at minus one ten. And then on to my, one of my favorite segments, uh, the Dog Pound, where last year, if you guys all follow, as a podcast, we did very well. And uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back. A lot of that was due to me. I was kind of nailing these, you know, small underdog spreads here. So I got another one here. I got the Cardinals plus 135. I saw some 140s. I've even seen it as low as 115 over the summer. Um, I think, once again, going back to the model, this is one where I just kind of have the wrong team favored. Um, I Not to say that I would make Arizona favored in this game because obviously they're traveling to Tennessee. Um, you know, that has to count for something. But, you know, if you look at the Titans offseason, yes, they got Julio Jones. But, you know, they've had recent COVID spikes, um, guys missing practices and walkthroughs. Um, to my knowledge, everyone is healthy now. But it's just one of those critical, you know, team-building things. It's, it's at a crucial time. I don't like guys missing time in, in that, including Tannehill, including two offensive um, interior linemen. And um, fun fact, I know John's probably sitting there saying, oh, the Cardinals' defense sucks. Well, the Cardinals' defense were actually top 10 in DVOA overall from a year ago. Um, when did that happen? But, yeah, and then they added pieces. Uh, drafted a linebacker 20 for, or excuse me, drafted a linebacker in the first round. And then um, also added J.J. Watt, who, you know, historically I've shit on, <laughs> verbally speaking, of course. And then, um, yeah, but I think week one he's not going to get hurt. So uh, he'll play the whole game, and he, he's a force to be reckoned with, especially when Chandler Jones is across um, the lineup from him, too. So I think the Cardinals' defense gets a little bit of a plus. I think they might be overlooked a little bit. And then let's get to the Tennessee Titans' defense. It is horrible, and they did nothing to improve it. Tennessee, 29th in pass. No, 29th overall in defensive DVOA. 30th in weighted DVOA against the pass. Um, so they were literally a bottom three defense last year. They didn't do anything to improve. Uh, they signed Janoris Jenkins, who's going to be starting, covering DeAndre Hopkins. That is such a that's such a bad mismatch. Honestly, if you look, if you think about coaching and personnel and things like that, yeah, I'm not saying that the Cardinals are this world-beating team, but honestly, this putrid Tennessee defense and Kyler Murray, they're going to be running four wide receiver sets. They have the horses to put up points. I think the Cardinals are going to do just enough to to 
hang with the Titans and then win the game ultimately. So that's my dog pound Cardinals plus 135. So again, sorry for the raspy voice, and I uh, can't wait to be back with the fellows next week. So enjoy the rest of the episode, and let's win some money. Dino, thank you so, so much for those picks. Uh, Dean, as always, I well, hope your voice gets better, man. You sound okay to me. Um, I know those uh, those picks sounded great. So, Zach, what you what'd you think? Yeah, man, I think, uh, you know, me and Dean have something in common with little little of the Homer picks uh, the first week. <laughs> uh, Vikings money line team total 23 and a half. Uh, my only criticism of that is taking the same game parlay for uh, not even even odds, which I, I think is uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. All about the Washington pick. Me and Dean are notoriously high yeah. on the football team. Uh, Casey minus the six. That game I didn't want to touch just because it's week one. I'd expect Casey to be humming. Brown sneakily actually had a lot of injuries on defense. They have a yeah. lot of defensive players coming back mm-hmm. healthy this year. Uh, which could make this game. The Browns out. are good. The Browns the, are good. The, the Browns are no. They're no slouch. You know. That's why I can't. Even though it, when when Casey, I say when when Casey wins by like thirteen, even though it would probably be a good game, but they somehow you know beat him by double digits, we won't be surprised by the final score. But just like on today, for some reason, I I just like I'm I'm trying to think of like who makes the upset. Right? There's always teams that change from year to year. There's going to be a few upsets there. Right? So are. so the Browns might do it. Um, I still think it's a good good line, though, by Dean at 6, and I know it's some place at 6.5. The Contrino model has it minus 13. So yeah, so there you go. We shall see. It's going to be a very interesting year. Very excited to see who is the most successful week one. Hopefully for you yeah. listeners, it's all of us. <laughs> That's right. And we'll talk more about your dog pound uh, <laughs> yeah, when, we'll, that, when that comes down to it. Yeah, we'll, John, we'll, we'll talk more cards. I have talked. Dean has talked. Please, <laughs> Tell me, sir, what is your first big bank pick of the year? Let us stay with the Vikings at Bengals, and Dean elaborated so eloquently that I won't go too much into it, but I'm kind of in lockstep with Dean. I'm taking the under 47 on Vikings at Bengals, uh, even money minus 110. I'm sorry, what is even money plus 100? Even money would be, yeah. Okay, sorry, minus 110, that's your standard. Okay. Either way. And it's a lot of what Dean was saying, right? I have no faith. Anyone who listened to last time's episode knows I have no faith in the Bengals. Don't think the offensive line is good. Think Joe Burrow's going to have a rough time. Like like Dean had said last last go about, Joe Burrow will play well in spite of the surrounding team. Last year, they averaged 19 points per game, which was the fourth worst in the NFL. I, like, Do you see that getting any better? Did they do any? Aside from drafting Jamar Chase, did they really do much? I know they drafted offensive line help later in the draft. But I just haven't. I'm just not trusting it. Until Their it biggest happens. mistake was drafting Jamar Chase, right? Not Penaisuwa. Like that, I don't right. know how you just don't go offensive line. Even he wasn't doing too well either. He wasn't Penaisuwa. doing too well, but he's a rookie, so you know. Right. You need an offensive e- line. Either help. way, right? Remains to be seen how how good this team can be. Um, and from what we've been hearing too, the Vikings defense got a lot better. You know, Mike Zimmer's a defensive-minded coach. He knew that was the issue last year. So I I have full faith in the Vikings defense getting better. Um, let's not forget the Vikings played comeback in a lot of a lot of games last year. Not the case against Cincinnati. Really don't think so. The Vikings Dean took the the over at what, 23 and a half? That's totally fine. I can see a 20, you know, 24, 27 points coming from the Vikings and then maybe that still spots me more than 20 points from the Bengals. You know, should should it get to around 47. I think under 47 this is probably uh, I don't want to say it's my best bet of the week because I have some really good bets otherwise, but this is one that's like kind of like my no-brainer. Didn't have to think too hard about this one. Um, the Vikings are the better team. They are going to win. Um, Dean made a great pick. 
and the, the Bengals aren't going to score a lot of points, and therefore the Vikings won't have to score a lot of points. Under 47. Very interesting. Going with the total for the first pick of the year. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It seems to be with the big bang. I have to really, really like a total. You know what? His spreads are so hard week one for mm. me because I could I could justify every side of it because I still have to see what's actually put on well, the field. Well, I'll tell you what's easy to do that we've been preaching now. One the, unit on that, by the way. One Sorry. unit. Okay. One unit. So one unit. something that we've been preaching here at the winning ticket group for quite some time, and I believe we went on a 20-minute rant week one last <laughs> year about this. That is fade the new, mm-hmm. and that is why, in addition to having it in Zach's fat lock, I'm putting one unit on San Fran. I'm actually spotting the seven and a half. Interesting uh, at Detroit. Okay. All right, Dan Campbell, man, I like him. I like him a lot. Dan Campbell, <laughs> the person, seems like a great guy. His team, though, man, ah, man, this the talent is not there. Um, what scares me the most, just looking at their defense. I mean, a couple bigger names, right? Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, uh, and that's really it. Michael Brockers, or what's left of them. Uh, <laughs> First-round pick, Jeff Okuda. They're just too raw, too new. Their offense is not going to be able to keep up uh, with the Niners, who I think are just going to run down their throat. Uh, what that means is time of possession is going to favor the Niners, and the Lions are not going to have a chance to come back. Uh, mm-hmm. And what's really concerning for me is this Detroit offense. Man, oh man. We want to talk about Fade the New, new head coach, and new quarterback Jarrett Goff, who literally got traded as a salary dump. Uh, yeah. Man, listen to this <laughs> wide receiver corpse. Tell me if there is a worse wide receiver corpse <laughs> in the NFL. Tyrell Williams, Quintez Cephas, Tom Kennedy, <laughs> Codrell Hodge, and rookie Amon Ra St. Brown. It sounds like you're reading like an attendance list. I literally like cannot believe players. this is a... I mean, Tyrell Williams, okay. He's been a solid three-wide receiver. Nah, piss on him, man. They all suck. Uh, <laughs> and Amon Ra St. Brown is getting the most buzz because he's young. That's really so it. So it's literally going to be TJ Hawkinson, wide receiver one. Yeah. With DeAndre Swift running into the line. Uh, and guess what? Is he even good either? The Niners. I mean, that, the jury's still on DeAndre Swift, but guess mm-hmm. what? You're not going anywhere on that San Francisco yeah. Niners front four. Uh, to me, it's just an unfortunate matchup for the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really preach enough. I really don't think that the Niners lost a step. And I think that they have a lot to prove after another injury-riddled year. Uh, I think they go out there and make a statement and blow the wheels off of Detroit. Mm-hmm. For me, this is more of a kind of sticking, kind of like Dean's... Uh, Dean's Kansas City pick kind of go with what you know. To me, the talent mm-hmm. level is just so, so lopsided. Yeah. I really don't see Detroit staying competitive. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that if it's competitive, maybe the first half, and then San Fran just kind of just rolls them over. Uh, Kittle hurt last year, all the running hurt backs hurt year. How many defensive players got hurt last year for mm-hmm. San Fran without just naming names? They're, the all, they're all fresh names. now. They're all know? fresh. It's week one. Uh, new coach. That mm, just to me, it just seems like San Fran is it's their their game to to lose. And quite frankly, would not be surprised if they put up a uh, big number against Detroit. This sure. seems like a, a fourteen to twenty one point win pretty wow. easily for me. So so you would? I'm just curious why you're fine with seven and a half. Would you take any higher, or would you buy? Because I was going to ask, why didn't you buy the hook? Bought the hook. I didn't buy the hook because you're saying was, they could win by fourteen or twenty-one. I think right? it's yeah. going to be uh, quite easy. And plus, you're talking about right now. This is 
you know, minus 110. Sure. Whereas if I buy the hook, you're looking up to minus 140. So for me, I don't want okay. to give up the extra sure. money. I, yes, 7.5 is right. a key number, but I truly believe that this is going to be completely yeah. lopsided. So for you, me... You, you think... Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to, to step over you. You think worst case scenario, really, for the Niners is that they just don't look as sharp as they did last year with all their healthy players. That's really it. I yeah, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, right. It's not even like they have a lot of... Uh, Right. You know, it's not like there's a, they have really any 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 new players they have to worry sure. about learning the offense. I mean, they're sticking with what they know. Jimmy Garoppolo right. is right. the starter. There you go. Uh, officially named today, actually. Yeah. Um, and to me, it really doesn't matter because all he's got to do is be a game manager. He'll be fine. I'm telling you, they're going to run for probably. I would be surprised if they keep it under 250 yards on the ground. Wow. Wow. Bold predictions coming out, dude. All right. Let me jump to my next one unit play. It's also a total, and it's also an under. Um, going back to the Broncos at Giants, under 42 for minus 110 odds. I got a unit on that. Um, let me wax a little poetic about the Giants here. The um, let's let's face it. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I've been following up on social media, Bleach Report, everything. They are a team that's currently uh, has a lot of question marks right now on offense. We don't know the status of Evan Ingram. Saquon Barkley, fucking all season has you know all, all off season has been a question mark. Kadarius Tony has he barely played? Kenny Galladay has he done anything? It's really been Sterling Shepard and like C.J. Board, right? So on top of the fact that you have a battered, you know, an unproven offensive line, you got Daniel Jones who's still for a lot of people hasn't you know has yet to make that leap to franchise quarterback injuries and question marks around wide receivers i have no problem thinking the giants probably can max score around maybe 14 or 17 points right then you got on the broncos side uh and a lot of the same questions are are uh asked about their offensive players um they probably have the better offense on player in fact they do it's not probably um their quarterback again teddy bridgewater is he better than daniel jones they're probably around the same um, but their receivers are, are very healthy. Um, Noah Fant, you know, Titans usually get the best of the Giants' defense. He's going through some kind of injury right now, but he should be good. I think all systems go for week one. Um, they have a better offense than the Giants, but in in terms of comparison to the rest of the league, it's it's nothing special, that offense. I just will hit yet. you with a terrible stat that well, I hit, just hit the stat. stumbled upon. Okay. Guess who scored the least amount of offensive touchdowns last year in the league? Who? Broncos? The New York Giants. The New York Giants. Oh, yeah. I can totally believe it. They have, like, the 31st ranked offense, I think. I think it was just above the Jets, so. It was. Boo-hoo yeah. in New York. Um, either way. Well, I'll tell you this. I had a stat about the Broncos, too, on, on offense. They were ranked uh, 28th in scoring, so they weren't too far ahead of the Giants. Uh, and they were also 26th in passing. I know they had Drew Locke, now they have Teddy Bridgewater, but, again, it remains to be seen if that's an actual upgrade. So, combined with two offenses that are not prone to scoring a lot of points, right? You just mentioned the Giants were 30. I think they were 31st. Now you have two above-average defenses, probably top half of the league. Some would say probably these two defenses might be top 12, top 10 in the league, right? Um, the Giants were ninth in scoring in defense uh, last year, and I think like their lowest metric was around 14th. I want to say the Broncos are not far away. They were in like the top half of the league. Von Miller's now healthy and back. It's going to be... Just to me, a low-scoring game, defensive struggle, and I don't see... 42 does make you take pause because that is a very low number, right? You play it in your head, though. A 20-17 to 17 game, that's an easy win. Even a 21-20 to 20 game, that's still a winner, Zach. 
Um, so I, I feel comfortable about it. There will be field goals. I bet yeah. your ass. There's gonna, there's gonna be kicks, and I trust the. If it's anyone scoring more points than than I would hope, it's the Broncos scoring. But I'm gonna have faith that the Giants' defense is gonna step I, up. Sad to say, I agree. Right. That like that's that's really what it's gonna come down to. There's just there's just so many unknowns on both offenses, and the defenses are too good. I'll button it with this. Uh, how many? I'll ask you, Zach. How many of the of the last Giants games have gone under the total? The last I'm talking literally about last in a row, still dating back to last year. Oh God! Uh, I mean, Daniel Jones got injured for a few <laughs> weeks. There was a terrible game in Seattle. I'm going to say at least six, seven. The their past seven games have gone under the total. That is almost half a season. Well, you know of what, unders. John? It's a new year. Straight. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Kadarius Tony is the second maybe. coming of Percy Harvin at Florida. Yeah. Because he wasn't good in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I can still root for the Giants to win. Just under 42 points, right? I got a unit on that. John is hoping for the most miserable Sunday of football. <laughs> He's going to be sitting on his couch being like, don't score. No touchdowns. I hate scoring. Listen, have the Giants score 41-0. to zero. There you go. That would be, <laughs> <an amazing, laughs> be an amazing game. All right, a little home cooking there. And uh, this next play for me was a little bit weird. Because I don't really, I'm not really in love with a ton of the lines, uh, but this one kind of caught my eye because I feel like it's basically a neutral field now because Green Bay is playing the mm. New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. I was curious if we we're going to talk about this now. Game. Let me tell you it's something. An interesting one. If this game was in New Orleans, I'm not touching it. Okay. The fact that this is a neutral, I, I don't know how well the Saints fans are going to travel to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, but to me, I think there's a lot of Green Bay fans everywhere. Not that it matters that much, but to me, there's a very clear difference between Green Bay playing in the Superdome as opposed to playing okay. at the Jaguar Stadium. Okay. And for that reason, when I saw Green Bay giving four points on a neutral site to New Orleans, it caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Listen, fade the new. The new quarterback, okay. the new regime, the New Orleans Saints, is Jameis I mean, Winston. Yeah. The coaching uh, stayed the same, but you're right. The, quarter, the, the quarterback, same. yeah. But there's two main elements missing okay. from this Saints team, and that's mm-hmm. Michael Thomas right. and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas you're not going to see till week eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. All right? Green Bay. This is going to be the Rodgers-Devante Adams revenge tour. <laughs> the last dance. It starts. This is it. This man is thirsty. He is thirsty. <laughs> Cover your ears, Dean. I'm sorry. But Zach's fat lock is all in on the Green Bay Packers this year. And I think that this is just going to be another game where I see Green Bay taking control. Uh, New Orleans really didn't do too much on the offseason. Their defense was pretty stout last year. But to me, the Packers are kind of one of those teams that are kind of there's really no defense who can contain them. They're kind of like the Chiefs. It, you know, it takes that, like, one special performance mm-hmm. where they're able to lock down receivers um, and stop the run. I think that now you have – I think A.J. Dillon is going to take a more prominent role on this mm-hmm. offense as that like, That's what a lot of people have been saying, yeah. And I absolutely love that. You have Aaron Jones as kind of that first down back slash receiving back. Mm-hmm. Love to see some sets with Aaron Jones spread out wide. A.J. Dillon in the backfield to open things up. Sure. Um, to me, this game just kind of screamed because it's the neutral field. <clears throat> I feel like we're getting value with Green Bay only giving four. T- to me, I think this game should be closer to seven. Okay. In my opinion, 
if it was in New Orleans, what do you think the line would be? I think curious. it would probably be. I honestly think it would be close to a pick'em. Wow! Wow! Interesting. Maybe I think Green Bay minus one. Okay. Maybe I think three points makes a difference, but on a neutral field, uh, I think this should be a, a little bit more. Because to me, uh, Green Bay is significantly better than New Orleans, and we don't know what we're getting out of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yes, James Winston looked good in the, pre- in the preseason, but like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm yeah. sorry. The Saints' offense does not scare me anymore. Mm-hmm. All right? Like, who's their number one? Their number said, there's one there's too many is new. What? It's Marquez, Marquez Callaway, Callaway, probably, right? I'm not saying. Well, I mean, projected. James has proven that he could throw the ball, you know. I would not be surprised if New Orleans comes out firing and scores, you know, 21 points right. in the first half. But to me, I think that this but, game. But the Packers can hang. Well, that's exactly right? it. Right? Packers' offense is a losing so. step. You have a motivated Aaron Rodgers. This yeah. is probably the laziest handicap I see. I just think that after this huge offseason, this being week one makes a really big deal to me because after all the shit that went on right? in the offseason, I cannot see a world in which Aaron Rodgers doesn't go out and throw fucking for 300 yards right? and four touchdowns. Like it's you, happening. You can't see them scoring like 13 points in this game against New Orleans. I would literally, I mean, if, if you're that much of a psychic and do you think that's going to happen, <laughs> you should place a bet on Green Bay to score under 21 points. It's probably like plus 190, maybe even 2-1. to one. Yeah. Uh, I would go lock that in right now. Um, yeah, neutral site, Jacksonville. I would bet my life there's going to be just as many Green Bay fans as there are Saints fans there. Um, it's the Rodgers train. Lazy handicap, but I'm telling you, the man's is on a mission, <laughs> at least in week one, sure. to prove that, you know, hey, I'm the man. This is the reason why I want out. This is my team, and I'm yeah. going to show you why. Yeah, I like that a lot. Also, not to mention, Listen. what's stopping Jameis from... Turning into uh, 2019, James Winston, the 30-30 year, baby. <laughs> that really that is his last year as a starting quarterback. So you, know, you have to factor that into account. I, I tend to like this one, um, and I'm high on the Packers also, yeah, too. Also, you, you can't think. Maybe Sean Payton overthinks things. What happens if James mm-hmm. has a couple uh, down drives or they're down big at the half? Yeah, Do they you know, make the switch to Taysen. They right. start giving him more. Or snaps? even, or even they might just feed him anyway. No matter what, you know, they could be up seven and they'll still try to get Taysom Hill. Packers' run defense is a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. I know they ranked bottom half of the league in, in run defense last year. Okay, uh, Alvin Kamara is obviously no joke. Uh, with that being said, man, this game just screams like, yo, this is a gift. Yeah. This is Green Bay on a neutral field. They're not going to New Orleans. They're not going to have to deal with the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is to me, it's a slam dunk. Slam dunk, man. We love it here. I'm going to keep it in the NFC, and I'm going to go to the team that I was rock hard for in our NFC episode. That's the LA Rams. That's, I think that was my Super Bowl pick going back. I was um, looking at this game. I, I know I need to do something with this game. I took them, I'm buying the hook, uh, minus seven, because right now they're at minus seven and a half. I, in, in case the Bears just do something fishy and they, they wind up, you know, I, I don't want to lose out on a potential push just because I, didn't, I got a little greedy. So um, that's at minus 130 odds. I'm putting a half unit on this one. Um, and this is really looking at two different teams at two junctures in the NFC. The Rams, as I've went on before, are a Super Bowl contender. No question. They upgraded their quarterback position, right? Matthew Stafford's better than Jared Goff. I think we can all agree on that. Um, the Bears, on the other hand, have... They should have found out their quarterback situation, but they are stubborn. But Matt Nagy is a... Uh... Oh, well, you know, Matt Nagy's, you know, Super Bowl winning coach, won 10 Super Bowls. We should trust everything he says, right? The, man, the man's probably losing his job in the next couple of months, if we're being realistic. Right, he wants to put out Andy Dalton over Justin Fields, you know, who they traded up to get, who looked good in college, and I think in preseason he had an up and down preseason, but again, better than Andy Dalton. We're we're not talking about, um, 
I don't know, some, some other offensive line backup. is a problem, but listen. Andy Dalton last year had every chance to succeed in Dallas. Sure. And what did he do? Mm-hmm. He shat the bed. Because he's not only Andy Dalton, he's back end of the career Andy Dalton. Yeah. This is it. He's got a mm-hmm. lot to prove, but honestly, I just don't... I, I agree, John. I don't want to take up your handicap. Yeah. I do not <laughs> see him... Uh, no. This... I, I would be shocked. If it makes the week four with mm-hmm. Andy Dalton starting, I would be absolutely... Yeah. Just... Same. Amazed. They would They would have to be 3-0. They'd mm-hmm. have to win. And I'm saying that they're not only going to lose, they're going to lose by at least seven. <laughs> <laughs> if not more. Um, and again, it's almost like your Packers handicap, Zach, although I think the Bears are a worse team than the Saints. Um, the Bears have, I have a, a stat here that they failed to cover the spread in five of their uh, last six NFC games. So, um, again, a touchdown to a Super Bowl champion to a team that could be drafting in the top ten if things go south. I think that's value there. The Bears, because I, I was looking at their defenses too, you mentioned their offensive line is kind of uh, is kind of rough. That's happening to a lot of teams this year, I will say. Like, I feel like 25 teams have bad offensive lines. you got to just coach around it. But in this case... The Rams' defense was first last year against passing and scoring, two of the most important things, I think, when you look at offensive stats uh, in terms of winning games, right? So not, so they're either going to face let's they're either gonna face the corpse of Andy Dalton or if Matt Nagy has a uh, Christmas Carol-like dream that allows him to start Justin Fields. You're still asking Justin Fields to start against a guy like Aaron Donald uh, and yeah, that defense. I mean, the problem is you have Jalen Ramsey is going to eliminate Allen Robinson. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to have to worry about producing a run game against one of the best right. defensive lines in the league. Yeah. It's it's right. not looking good. Doesn't shake out. Not looking good. Doesn't shake out. Uh, and, I'll again, I'll button this one as well. It's COVID last year, man. There's been nobody at that Rams stadium so far. It's been empty. It's yeah. been craving people. What do they get? Primetime Sunday night football for the first time ever in that stadium. The Rams fans are going to be fucking kicking and screaming. They're going to be letting the world hear them. And I think that alone will be enough to give the Rams the win, no doubt. Um, but definitely to cover seven and and potentially more. So I like uh, a half unit on that. I like that. I like that. I was too scared with the seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I couldn't agree. Um couldn't agree more, John. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree I can't more. agree, John. Bears all the way. <laughs> you, you know me. Like, this is the first year I think in winning ticket pod it's so history true. that I'm not going to be on the Bears. Yeah. But that might change once <laughs> Justin Fields takes the true. field. Which, who I do like, by the way. Like, I, like, if Justin Fields plays, it changes my perspective. Maybe not this week one, but it does change my perspective on yeah, that team. No, the Bears have... Bear, listen, I always say, when the NFL defense wins championships... Bears do not have a good defense. They have a great defense. Rams might overmatch them, but they're well, going to win a bunch of games because of their defense and in spite of their offense, as they did last year. I'll say this, though. And again, defenses fluctuate. That's That's been my, my trend. Um, I know Dean's not a, not a fan of me saying that, but it's the truth. The Bears' defense was no higher than 12th in any important metric, and it was passing. They, their passing defense was 12th. Everything else was worse than 12th. You know, so not even a top ten defense, even in, in an aggregate sense. Mm-hmm. So I get that the Bears' defense is, you know, quote unquote great, but I mean, are they? And is Khalil Mack like still, you know, he's getting a little older. He's getting found out. They watch tape on him. So, like I said, Rams minus seven. I think that's open and shut. Right. Do you have how many more? Uh, I got one more. You got one baby. more. So so do I. And then we go to dog. Hunt. I got right, cool. one more. All right, hit me with it. This was locked in about two <laughs> weeks ago, gents. <laughs> 
Love it. Let me tell you something. Remember it. This is the team I am the highest on this year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 21-22 NFL Bill Belichick Revenge <laughs> Tour. <laughs> this man just watched Crowd's his going former wild. quarterback on the first year on a new team lead them to the promised land. The old debate of, oh, is it Brady, is it Belichick? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. Sure looks like Brady as of last year, but let me tell you something. Again, I'm going to say it. He's, he's got the edge, Brady, which means someone else wants the edge Someone back. is looking for revenge. And yeah. let me tell you something. When Oh, my God, I keep on saying that. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> he's so excited. When Cam Newton got cut, I knew Mac Jones is that guy. And I know you can say, oh, Zach, you always say fade the new, fade the new, new starting mm-hmm. quarterback. Listen. With Bill Belichick as a coach, there is no such thing as fading the new. Mac Jones showed in college when he has protection, all he's going to do is find the open wide receivers, mm-hmm. make the smart check down, make smart decisions. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's going to throw a lot of check downs. He's going to find the open man. And let me tell you something. Week <laughs> one, division rival, Dolphins <laughs> at Gillette Stadium. The Mac Jones era is going to begin with a Bang! And I cannot wait to watch Pua turn the ball over, look like an absolute clown. Now, Patriots last year had the most COVID opouts among any team with eight. I highlighted just four of those eight, which were, in my opinion, impact players. Brandon Bolden, running back, special teams guy. Offensive tackle Marcus Cannon. Safety, Patrick Chung, and a linebacker that you might know. His name is uh, Dante Hightower. (laughs) And guess who's all back? The gang is back. The Patriots defense will be back at full strength. And boy, oh boy, I think they are going to make Tua look like a fooler. (laughs) Miami had a bottom-half ranked offense last year, and if it wasn't for Ryan Fitzpatrick, they probably would have had close to dead last. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but close. Pat's defense last year, without several key pieces, still managed to be in the better half, top half of the league. What this really comes down to as well, once again, is just my utter disgust for Tuba. I think he's going to be the reason why this team is going to crash and burn early. Little fun fact for you guys, last year in all of his starts, his highest quarterback ranking in a start was 88 against the Swiss Cheese Cardinals defense, who I'm saying stink, even though the stats don't back me up. But he didn't even (laughs) eclipse 70 in any other start. Here it is, gents. Week 17, playing against the Bills' second string. Season on the line. They bench Fitzpatrick. They said two is our guy. Chance to go to the playoffs. Finish with a QBR of 15-4, 35-58 with three interceptions. One touchdown and a blowout loss. Mm. I don't care about the offense additions, right? Okay, they got Jalen Waddell. They picked up Will Fuller, who cannot play week one. Uh, to me, yes. <laughs> or stay healthy. Or stay healthy. Their defense is good, but at the end of the day, we're talking about the mastermind, Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. who is going to dismantle Tua. We know his record against rookie quarterbacks. Yes, Tua is technically a sophomore quarterback. Mm-hmm. The man has like seven or eight starts under his belt. Right. Half of them, I believe, he got pulled for fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick. Probably, right? All right. I don't know what you do to take that gigantic of a step into year two. I don't know what the offseason routine looks like. 
I don't know how you get that much better. But to me, I just cannot see this Dolphins offense hanging with the Patriots. Bill Belichick is going to be smart. He's going to be conservative, and he's going to put the pedal to the metal. I think that the Patriots come up big. Not saying it's going to be a blowout, but I think that they are just going to outsmart them, outplay them. And if you're telling me that with their entire offseason to watch film on Pua turn the ball over, there's no (laughs) way Bill Belichick is losing this home opener. This is the Bill Belichick revenge tour. Watch out for the Patriots. They are back. They are running full steam ahead, and this week they are going to cover two and a half for minus 110. That is one unit, gents. If I'm going to put it on the line, I'm going to say it right now. That is my lock of the week. If you're going to roll with me any game, yes, I have my fat lock, but this is the other (laughs) one. This is is the fattest lock. This is Patriots minus two and a half. They are going to win this game, and they're going to win by at least seven. Love it, man. I see a couple of books have them at three. You're still comfy with that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? No problem. I think, like you were mentioning, Belichick against rookie QBs, he's definitely looking to take revenge on Tua for handing them probably one of his first rookie losses last year in December. So I, I it's hard it's hard to, to disagree with you there, man. And I know a lot of people who are Dolphins fans who might be listening to this part of the show are definitely going to let us hear it. Um, you know, as the weekend it, comes I'm up, telling you, Tua, but Tua is the second coming yeah. of Daniel Jones. There, I, th- I think. There you go. <laughs> I'm not a homer. I, I, I think we we talked a lot about the Patriots last show doing the AFC preview, and truthfully, if the Patriots want to do half of what we expect them to accomplish, it's taking care of a division opponent at home. Just you know, to last to start year it out. Cam Newton had more rushes, rush attempts yeah. than pass attempts. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. He is fully confident in Mac oh, yeah. Jones, and I just think that he—he, he, I just—I do not yeah. see a world in which the Dolphins come in to Gillette Stadium right. and win this game. I right. am, yeah. was it. Yeah. Last last year they had their troubles. They had their defensive starters, you know, opted out due to COVID. The Cam Newton experiment obviously did not last longer than a season. So what does um, it say that your era. head coach has to come out in the locker room mm-hmm. when there's rumors of Deshaun Watson being traded to your mm-hmm. team and have to say no no guys Tua is our guy he's yeah. our number one no other team would do that that's because they are not confident in him I think the Dolphins internally are worried that he is not the guy that he was in college mm-hmm. and honestly I would be very surprised if they are not turning the page over on Tua Tagovailoa this year. And honestly, by week five or six, Deshaun Watson might be a Dolphin because that <laughs> makes them a completely different team. Get ready. Listen, that's, Tua, that's... you're about to go to the school of Bill Belichick. <laughs> Love it. Fins down, Dolphins fans. I'm going to end the Big Bang segment here with my last play for a half unit. And what do you know, Zach? It's a touchdown prop. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what this is. It's everyone's favorite. Um... And this is a Thursday night special, nonetheless. So you better listen, guys. Listen for tomorrow. I am taking the sure thing. It's minus 120 odds, which might not be enough juice for someone to take a touchdown prop. But like I said, I think this is a sure thing. This is an Ezekiel Elliott anytime touchdown during the game. Why do I believe in this? A number of reasons. I do think Dak Prescott, um, while he's still recovering, he's he's, he's not... Off the field, you know he's he's as healthy as he's going to be for taking snaps under center. The Cowboys 
love, love, love for years now, man, to run the ball, and I have the metrics to back that up. So um, last year, obviously, was a down year without uh, Dak, with a bunch of linemen injured. They were 17th in rushing yards. In 2019, they were 5th in rushing yards. 2018, 10th in rushing yards. 2017, second in rushing yards. 2016, second in rushing yards. And 2013 was the last season that they were outside of the top 10, aside from last year. Why did I stop at 2016? Well, that's the year that Zeke Elliott entered the league. So they've been a run-first team, and the man has scored himself a lot of touchdowns. He scored a week one touchdown in four of five seasons um, since he's been in the league. That's against the Rams, the Giants, and the Panthers. The Giants he saw a couple of times, but he was able to punch it in at least a touchdown, right? At least. I think with uh, most of the players back, uh, Dak Prescott being healthy, I know. Uh, who is the lineman on the Cowboys that's, that's, uh, that's out due to COVID? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his on his name. Zach Martin. Zach Martin. There you go. That's the that's the one blip, right? So um, we'll have to just rely on a fill in there. Um, I know what everyone's gonna say too. I'm sure Dean's gonna say because he's not a fan of touchdown props. He's gonna go, but John, it's the Buccaneers, it's the number one rushing defense in the league last year. I'm willing to buck the trend on this one. I've seen this story so, so many times with this team and with this player specifically. They're going to get down into the red zone. They're going to have a first and goal from within the 10, and Zeke Elliott's going to punch one in, and the crowd's going to go wild, right? And it's going to be early in the game, too. I just like at any point, and this is this could be receiving touchdown, rushing touchdown. Zeke Elliott, I think, has he's, he's dropped some pounds. He's gotten a little bit more athletic this offseason. He's feeling better about himself. There's, there's some swag to this Cowboys team now that people are healthy. Um, and I still have problems with the Cowboys in other areas. You know, the defense is still scares me. This is just about this player. Um, this is for people who, um, you know, who, who follow on fantasy. They want to they wanna look at that, too. This is just kind of like a Zeke Elliott coming, a coming out party where he's, he's back. Fumble issues are going to be gone. This dude is going to roll this season and especially on Thursday night. So I'll put a little bit half unit on that play and have some fun with that one, Zach. I'm I'm a big fan, and it's funny because for my fat lock, I was actually looking at throwing in the Bucks as opposed to the Giants versus Broncos. Mm. So if you listeners are feeling frisky and want to get in on that Thursday night action, but you don't like that spread, tease that Bucks down to two and a half. I sure. feel confident in that. Um, that number you know, shot up. It is interesting, though. I have to say, I mean, just looking at all these numbers, uh, you, you got to wonder... What are going to be the upsets? And you know what? Mm-hmm. Funny enough, we have a segment where we're going to recommend <laughs> yeah. which teams that's going to be. So without further ado, a woof woof, our first dog <laughs> pound of the year. Let's get it. Awesome. Let's. Um, so so Dean put in um, when he was talking uh, his dog pound pick of the Arizona Cardinals over the Tennessee Titans. Um, what do we think of that? We talked about the, the, the bum defenses, Tennessee's having a rough go. Um, I'll tell you what, out of all of, I, I, out of all the uh, money line dogs, yeah, or excuse me, the uh, the underdogs, I feel like that that one to me is pretty realistic. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think the game is going to be a close game. I could see it going either way. Okay. So for the plus odds, I don't really, uh, I don't mind it at all. I, I, right. I like that. It's not what I have, but I I don't disagree. Yeah. I gotta say too, Dean Dean had Washington, which is all just happens to be a dog it's plus a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he had that as a regular play, quote unquote. We're all counting him now, but um, you know it's interesting. He's got two dogs out of his four picks. Um, 
you know, looking to there's there's always going to be upsets. We 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 spend all off season succumbing to these narratives and locking them and setting them in stone, but they're written in in paper, you know, in pencil. You just you just got to change your viewpoints. Well, um, I'm very curious to hear yours, John. Yeah, I'll I'll go with mine. And uh, admittedly, I'm not great at picking dog pounds, even though I just I just went through that whole spiel about what we have to anticipate. I mean, again, if if we could do that, we'd all be fortune tellers and we'd all be rich. This one, Zach, I said to myself, let me look at who are the actual underdogs. And I'm going to choose the best one, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers oh, against the Bills. Big baby. What are the odds on baby. that one? Um, plus 250 for Pittsburgh. Whoa! So this is a team, Whoa. right, on one side of it is a team in Buffalo that I was hesitant to even bet an over on uh, a week or two ago. Uh, and on the other side of it is a team that I am more than happy to bet the over on, which was eight and a half, right? The Bills were 11, Steelers were eight and a half. And you figure, too, Steelers are just the team that you can't, you can never overlook them. And for the Bills, this is going to be a tough challenge, right? They should win. Listen, they should absolutely win. They're home. They're returning from a, a great playoff berth with, I mean, this is the highest, anti- highest the Bills fans have felt about this team in and decades. And Super Bowl this year. Super Bowl or bust. The Steelers, truth be told, probably feel the same way. Last year for Ben Roethlisberger, most likely. Defense that is still good year to year. Mike Tomlin's not getting any younger. The biggest thing here is the Steelers' uh, offensive line. Um, and I guess their rookie running back. I don't see the offensive line. I'm, this is, as much as I was going through the uh, defense fluctuating from year to year, I'm I'm not docking these teams on offensive line ability as much as I would previously because I really do believe that there's maybe five or six teams with like a good offensive line. I'm talking like a Browns type offensive line. Everyone else, it's either not too great or very bad. It's it's just it's all one kind of cloud of stuff. So when the Steelers say they have new guys on the line, I totally get that they have some rookies and all that. Are they as bad as, as they look? Najee Harris, man, looked great in the preseason. I mean, they were playing backups, but still, looking good. Roethlisberger lost some weight, too. He's got some zip to his arm. He knows he's not getting younger. This is Steelers' team that won 11 games straight last year, you know? Fluky, but they did. Fluky, right. But this is this is not a team that, you know, if I'm projecting them to win over eight and a half, nine games, this is the kind of game you want to win if you're going to establish yourself as a legitimate team. And the fact that they're plus 250... Is all the better. I, I wanted to take some more on this game too. I was thinking maybe taking an over, um, because I, just just feeling that both of these offenses could click. Um, but I like taking the Steelers, you know, in in an upset over Buffalo, and then that changes the narrative now in the AFC. Then where do the Bills stand, right? More for these interesting storylines. Pittsburgh Steelers is my dog pound, man. What's yours? All right, guys. <clears throat> I was high on this team. Before a lot of shit happened in the offseason. But, as I'm reading reports right now, Carson Wentz is a full participant Mm. in practice. Okay. Quentin Nelson holding out because of a back, but there's a good chance that he's going to play. And veteran left tackle, our boy Eric Fisher, is recovering from COVID-19, trending towards playing. Sooner return than what they thought. If all the pieces are there... Week one, dog pound. I'm taking the Colts at home versus Seattle for <laughs> plus 130. Oof. Love that. So you're not letting Russ cook. I don't think – I mean, Russ can cook. I actually think this game will kind of be uh, actually a higher scoring game. 
I just think the Colts are kind of just that team that flies under the radar every year, but still consistently performs. Frank Reich, extremely, extremely good coach, who is undervalued by many. He's got his boy back in Carson Wentz. I think the Colts are going to go out, shock the world at home. I think that Seattle kind of always seems like that. Seattle always has more hype than what they actually are. Ever since the two Super Bowl runs, it feels like they always uh, really under-deliver. To me, I think these teams are very evenly matched, very evenly matched defenses. Offenses, I would give the little bit of advantage to Seattle. Okay. But week one, Carson Wentz has a lot lot to prove. I'm very big on the Colts. Colts have a significantly better offensive line. They should be able to run the ball. I expect a heavy dose of uh, Jonathan Taylor. A little Naheem Hines action as well. Uh, I think the Colts go out, stun the world, and give us one of our bigger upsets of the week. Colts plus 130 versus Seattle is my dog pound, John. Woof, woof, man. Going back to what I was saying before, this is about a team legitimizing itself, right? The Colts to... Show what they are, right? The playoff team last year. We upgraded to Carson Wentz. Our team is better because we got a new quarterback. Let's do it. Let's let's hit it at a perennial NFC powerhouse. Let's get the Seahawks. You know, I I think it could happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but dude, so much intrigue for this week one, man. I I wish I wish the game started right now. It's Wednesday night. We got a couple more days though. Tomorrow night should be absolutely amazing. So we're going to recap all this stuff on our social media. Um, of course, thank you guys for listening all the way through. We encourage you to do that every week to hear our handicaps. If you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to message us on social media. Um, we're all available. We all want to help you guys win as much money as possible. I think that's kind of the goal here. And um, I think what would be cool, too, is you know, throughout the season, you know, having some guests on, um, having some people maybe talk their own bets, maybe talk some teams that they're fans of. We're always looking to to uh, expand, collaborate. Yeah, collaborate. Definitely going to hear some more of uh, our boy Joe, a little winning ticket Joe. Yeah, action. absolutely. Definitely have some guest spots, but more importantly, man, it's our longest year ever. We're getting an extra week, uh, a lot more stuff happening, a lot more involved with the big bank, and man, oh man, it is here. It's always my favorite podcast of the year. It's my favorite Sunday of the year. Yep. My favorite Thursday of the year, and. Guys, I am just, whew, I am over the moon. Get this, I, get this boy a fan. He's I about to faint. I need a fucking, I need a, I need a water. I'm so <laughs> hot right now. Oh God, the white claws are doing it, man. <laughs> Gotta say thank you guys so, so much, Dean. We'll see you next week, and we'll see all of you next week here on another episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. Take care. And let's. Go.